Flashpoint Porch Confessional, your weekly Debo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 13. I have to be honest, I am super, super excited uh, about this particular episode. This passage uh, got me this morning, actually. I hadn't, uh, hadn't planned on uh, going through this one, but it, it really got me this morning. Uh, I'm going through this uh, devotional. I, I do a, a, a bunch of little things. I, I told you um, I was doing this. Uh, I still am doing this kind of journal uh, Bible. It's not a like a Bible. It's more like a book of the Bible in each one of them is journals. They're really cool. So I've been doing that. I'm in, I think I have one more chapter left in Acts that I've been going through. And then I, I've got this other little devotional, which is basically kind of church fathers from the 14th and 15th century in their reflections on life and um, prayer and things like that. It's been really, really healthy, really helpful uh, for me. But this passage popped out and I was like, whoa, what do I do with this passage? It's Proverbs 27, verse 7, and it says this, One who is full loathes honey from the comb, but to the hungry, even what is better, bitter tastes sweet. I'll read it again. One who is full loathes honey from the comb, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. Sweet. Um, I started thinking through this passage. It, it caught me by surprise. I'll, I'll tell you in a bit why it did, but um, I, it got me thinking about um, my first trip to India. I came back, and again, like if you've listened to any of the episodes, I came back from that first trip from India just like radically changed. Like I, I genuinely felt like I had had a reconversion. Um, I felt like I had seen Jesus again all over again. And so it was a pretty radical experience for me. A part of the reason why it was so radical for me is because I had had a very white picket fence version of Christianity. And uh, I went over to India and I was just completely completely blown away by the poorest of the poor. And so I, I, I came back thinking like, I can't keep living the way that I'm living. Now, my wife is pretty frugal. She's a budget person. She, uh, she coupon cutter. She loves a good deal, that kind of thing. I, I, I'm not necessarily wired that way. Maybe some of you are like my wife. So maybe some of you are like me. I'm like, live in the moment. This is the best thing ever. So she's really been helpful for me. And I've honestly resisted her for uh, most of uh, most of these years up to this point. And so I'd really started to process through like, you know, what is it? What is money? And what is uh, what is poverty? And, and I had just been faced with all of that in India. So I get back from India. You know, I had spent time with all these, you know, these orphan children, all these kids out in the villages, like I'm experiencing their joy and their happiness. And I'm like, what do I do with all this? So um, in their contentment, I, I come back from from India and I, I remember coming home with Patty, just feeling like completely blown up. Like, what do I do with all this? What God is showing, showing me? And, and uh, so I remember going uh, to the grocery store. This is maybe a day or two after I get back. And I go to the grocery store and, the, and we're with the boys and uh, we're walking down the aisle and Patty's like, okay, let's, let's get some cereal, you know. So um, 
you know, she's pulling out boxes of cereal, and I hear the voice going, I don't like that cereal. I don't want that cereal. That one doesn't taste good. And I lost my ever-loving mind. I lost my mind. Are you kidding me? I start screaming in the middle of the store. Do you know I just was with kids who had nothing? Like, they ate nothing. Sometimes they only eat one time a week, and they were happy, and they were joyful. And I was freaking out. My wife's like, whoa, whoa, guy, like, calm down. Like, your kids didn't go to India. Like, they don't know. They live here in the United States. And what I didn't realize was going on inside of me is that I had experienced something new. I had actually learned a, I have actually, actually started developing a theology, uh, a theology not just based on an American experience, but a cross-cultural experience that was starting to shape my heart. But I hadn't allowed it to really seep in and sink in. And so everything at that point was super reactionary, super reactionary, because I had seen what contentment looked like. I had seen joy and poverty, and I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to put it in the right boxes. And so my poor children uh, were the benefactors of that confusion and chaos. And uh, what this passage does for me is it, it, is it helps me, and I hope this will help you uh, understand poverty in a different perspective, is that we oftentimes uh, do not understand the, the power of poverty. And I think that's what was going on inside of me. And I think that's where uh, Solomon is trying to help us understand. Like, you've got to remember, Solomon, uh, the author of Proverbs, these are the wisdom literatures, Proverbs, uh, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes. These are wisdom literature written by Solomon. Um, he, he's trying to, you can imagine he's a bit in attention. Like he is the richest man who's ever lived. And yet he's finding himself kind of caught. And he's maybe even observing uh, those who are in poverty and realizing there is a level of contentment that is happening inside of them. Um, I think for us, we tend to look at people in poverty or we look at poverty and we, we start to feel bad for them. We say, man, it's so sad. Like you, if you go to India, if you go anywhere around the world, you're traveling around and go, that's just so sad that they don't have the things that we have. And what this passage is really trying to get at the core of is it's about contentment in the right things, in the right things. And, and what we view as poverty, we view as you don't have money, you don't have stuff. And we've got a lot of stuff And this passage is trying to reframe some things for us, you know, because the reality is, is we tend to not find ourselves Content. In fact, we find ourselves most often being discontent, right? There's too much traffic, right? We become complainers. There's too much traffic, right? There's not enough money. There's never enough money, right? There's not very many people that go to their bank account and go, oh my gosh, I've got so much money, right? And so there's a thing for us to complain about, right? There's not enough influence, right? I haven't gotten the right job. I haven't moved up in the organization and on and on and on and on. We find ourselves to be complainers and it really comes from a place of contentment, right? Of, of contentment. And so what we see in the poor and what we see in poverty and what we see with those, at least for me, uh, as I've traveled around the world, my, that my perspective has changed uh, when I went overseas. Because yes, the poor don't have money. They don't. And I think there's a, a part of us that goes, man, you, you are going without. But there's this kind of this feeling of like, I feel so sad for you, but what are we actually sad about? Are we just sad because they don't have stuff? 
Are we sad because they don't have what we have? And what we don't realize is this. They're actually really rich. They just don't have money. They're actually really rich in some things that we could really be rich in. In fact, I would say amongst the poor, some of the things I've really seen is that they are content. I've spent a decent amount of time with people that we would say are impoverished, and I find a decent amount, and I find contentment. I find in many people, especially those, primarily those who have found Jesus, and they're content. What's really hard is that for so many of them, they're joyful. Like we just had a team from our church that came back from India. And overwhelmingly, the people I've sat down with that tell me about what you experienced, they're like, I just couldn't believe that I would go into these places and into these churches and into these villages. And there was so much joy. Like this one lady, I was talking to her last night and she was saying, I went into this little hut that was just nothing. It was like a thatch roofed hut. And this little girl was like showing me her house and she was so proud of it. And she had so much joy. And I was just blown away by that. I was like, yeah, cause she's rich in joy. They are rich in peace, right? They have a peace that passes all understanding because their peace is not found in prosperity at least the way that we view it here in the West, that they have the rich in faith, right? They really believe. I remember going to Kenya and I remember walking into this uh, woman's dung house and talking to her. And I, we asked her about, you know, so how do you get food? And she goes, every day I wake up and I walk outside and I ask God, God, would you be so kind to give me food today? And she goes, sometimes he does. And sometimes I don't, but either way, God is good. And I was like, Whoa, she had faith. She had, she said, God's in control of who gets food. And I, and I'm right now I get food and I'm grateful for the food he gives me. But when I don't, I don't, I'm not angry at him. He's in control. Man, they are so rich in community. You know, I I go overseas and I guess I don't experience and I'm not saying this isn't true overseas, but but I don't see like bottles of Xanax. Right. I don't I don't see like uh, psychologists needing to uh, try to help people to pull them out of their depression. Not saying that doesn't happen. I guarantee you it does happen. Um, But here, because we have so much, we 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 tend to only focus in on what we don't have. And what I find overseas, which I think we can learn and I find in the poor who have really uh, given themselves to Christ is that they're rich in things, they're rich in community, and they find themselves content. And this is what this passage is trying to help us get at. It's going, look, the one who is full loathes honey from the comb, but, but the hungry... Even, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. It's like they, they found contentment. They're just, they're happy for, even if it's something they don't really like or don't, they're okay. They're, they're content. They're, they're pleased. What is this passage really trying to help us understand? It's trying to tell us this. If you live in the West, like you're rich, right? You're the part, you're, you're at the point where Solomon's at, where we're, we're, we're full, Right. And so, so often we, we loathe honey from the comb, right? We're discontent. And, and that really comes from a place of affluence, right? I, I did this the, just because I'm weird and wacky and quirky. I was so curious how much money we spend on toilet paper, 
right? As a way to go, we're so we spend six billion dollars a year on toilet paper. How crazy is that, right? Six billion dollars a year on toilet paper. I could not believe that. But we're rich. If you use toilet paper, I just want to let you know you're you're rich. You're rich. And this is this is what he's saying. He's like, look, the rich have all these problems because they're they're full, but they keep complaining. They feel keep finding themselves discontent, and that's why the Bible has over two thousand verses on money. Why? Why? Because we become dependent on money and not on God. We are we may be rich in stuff and money but we are poor in so many other things, right? And the illustration of this is simply the financial crisis of 2007 and 2008 and and, and some of the years preceding after that, right? We freaked out. Our savings account got hit. Our, our, Our retirement got hit, right? People lost their jobs and everything fell apart because it exposed something in us. It exposed that we are completely dependent upon this thing that we uh, are dependent on money and exposed all those insecurities. And yet there are people every day that go without who can find contentment, joy, peace, faith, community, and a true dependence on God. You see, our affluence is killing us. <laughs> it's suffocating so many of us. And this passage is trying to go... Look, spend some time with people who do not uh, have. You know, maybe maybe just slow yourself down and, and realize, yeah, you might not have a certain amount of things, but what has he given you? You know, how can we become like the poor in our perspective? How can we become rich in the things that they are rich in? They're rich in contentment, rich in joy, rich in peace, rich in faith, rich in community. Like, how can we learn from that? We learn from that by releasing our affluence and going, listen, I'm not going to allow that to lord over my life. I'm not going to allow that to rob me of my joy or my peace or my contentment or even uh, community, right? I'm going to start making the main things the main things. And I'm going to start with the fact that the God is the giver of all good things. He is in control. He is in charge. And I'm going to go, I want to trust in him and not in all these things. They're blinding me and you from l- the liberation that he wants to give to us. And so when we see ourselves as needy before the Lord, God, I need you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, right? When we see ourselves as needy before the Lord, he will make us rich in the things far and more important than money, right? He'll make us rich in those things that we really are satisfying to our souls. And he's going after that and he loves and he cares for us. And Solomon's reminding of, uh, reminding us of this. He's going, listen, there's something that's discouraging that's going on inside of you. And you, you need to release yourself to that. One, be honest about it. One, you're rich. One, we struggle with this stuff. I'm telling you, I struggle with it every day and I'm going after it. Man, how do I continue to be rich in the right things? So question, what do you find yourself complaining about the most? What do you find yourself complaining about the most? What do you find your, where do you find yourself most uncontent? Submit that to the Lord. Bring that before him. Help him to make you rich in what is most important. So God, teach us 
teach us about the poverty of our souls so we can see the riches that are found in you. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is nearer to you than your own.